Hey, before we dive into today's episode, I just want to ask you for a huge favor. I want to hop on a call, a five-minute call, with you to ask you some questions about your content journey. As a thank you, I'll give you a $5 Starbucks gift card. If you're interested, you can text the word QUESTION to 404-549-6724. Again, that's QUESTION to 404-549-6724. I'm so excited for today's episode. Just a heads up, right in the middle of our conversation today, I realized my microphone was not plugged in. So my audio quality today isn't going to be as high as I would like, but our guest today literally just kept dropping gems, which is why I decided I was still going to share this episode with you. Today, I'm having a conversation with my friend, Barion. She's one of my favorite digital creators. She has 22,000 followers on TikTok, 22,000 followers on Instagram. So I chat with her not only to learn how she was able to do that, but also how she's been able to build a business around her content so that she could become a full-time entrepreneur. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I'm so good and I'm so excited to freaking be here. Like, let's go. Thank you so much. I'm so happy you're here. You know, when I look at you and I look at your content online, you represent to me success. You represent like the next level of content creation. And I think at first people start right and it's like, okay, I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm trying to find my niche and find my lane. Okay. Then it's like, great. I found my lane. I talk about podcasting. Now I want to like, I want to build my audience and I want to collaborate with brands. And I look at like the brands you work with, I look at your content. It just looks like you're having so much fun. And I think like everybody wants to get there. Right. So I want to talk about like, how did you get into creating content? Like where did that all start? Oh gosh. Okay. Once upon a time, not long ago. No. Um, honestly, I started creating content when I was actually in high school. And I actually started writing for a blog when I was in high school. I didn't realize what I was doing at the time, but when I kind of look back, that was like the beginning moment. I was probably a sophomore in high school. From there, it kind of developed it on its own, but I always had this skill. Now, if we fast forward to where I am now, I would say my journey is this like creative really started in 2016 when I had just graduated from college, needed a creative outlet because corporate America was just had me pressed. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I am not for this, but <laughs> I just wanted something fun to do. And then, you know, Fast forward 2017, quit my corporate job because I hated it. And I was like, I'm going to be a blogger. I'm going to be an Instagram. <laughs> Didn't know the first thing about creating a community, let alone creating good content. And it's kind of snowballed from there because I've always looked at creating content as really a skill to mm -hmm. learn, not necessarily as something I was going to monetize. But naturally, as you hone in on your craft and your skill, you can begin to monetize it. I love that. Um, when you think about starting something, and I know you've, you know, just kind of based on what you said, you've always kind of been in like the content creation world. Um, but when you think about, you know, like creating content on now, I think your two biggest platforms are TikTok and Instagram and something that's very like front facing, you're on camera, you're talking to people. Um, what were some of the initial roadblocks you had to get over in terms of like starting? Like, were you ever just like afraid? No. 
No. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you know that one, like there's always that one person who's just going to tell you how it is. Yeah. I've always been that person, but I've also been the person who was just naturally gifted with speaking. Mm. So it didn't really matter to me that I was on Instagram or now on TikTok. I always looked at it as like, oh, I'm just sharing my tips. Oh, yeah. I'm just talking to the girls. Yep. I never really had this issue with like, oh, let me pick up my camera. Oh, what is this person going to say? People are always going to talk. So like, I hate to be that person, but I'm not good for the person who's shy. Yeah. But also like, if you look at it as I'm talking to my friend or I'm practicing speaking, yep. it's you don't think of it as, oh, I'm creating content. Just look at everything as a skill. So yeah, I didn't really, I guess the biggest roadblock was creating the community and then also swallowing the pill that like what I talk about was considered taboo. Like mm. I talk about periods. I talk about fertility. Yeah. Nobody really wants to talk about that, but like, why not be that girl? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. No? yeah. And you know, now when I look at you, I feel like you have such a solid community and a solid group of people that rock with your content. I think the challenge for creators early on is everyone kind of feels like if I do pick that niche or I choose to work with this group of people, it feels too small or I don't want to limit myself. And I think generally people just have like a fear of saying like, Hey, I'm going to tailor my content towards this group of people. What was your experience going from like, Hey, I now know I want to create content, but this is what I want to talk about. And this is who I want to focus on. So I did it backwards. I actually started creating content at a macro level, just starting in holistic health and wellness. It was about two, almost three years into my journey that I decided to niche down and begin again. I got rid of my big account that I had. It had like over 10K, the coveted 10K, right? But there was so many different people there. And I was like, you know what? If I did this once, I can do it again. So I started a new account and I said, I'm going to try the niche thing. I don't know what the niche is going to be. I'm going to let it come to me, but I knew I wanted it to be health. So the more that I actually lasered in on talking about pain-free periods, that was my thing at first. Yeah. The more I built loyalty, right? That fan, you know, do you want the the 100 fans or 1000 fans? You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. I had a fan base of maybe a hundred people. Yep. Then that grew, then that grew. And then the pandemic happened. And all of a sudden there's a spotlight on minority creators mm-hmm. and my account erupted. Now my head, everything's going to leave. I was just like, all right, this is fake. Like, all okay, right, whatever. Right. But people stayed because the content and the quality was so good. Yeah. So like, you have to be willing to laser in just for a moment to realize that's also going to help you zoom out. Does that answer your question? It does. It does. I, I love that. Um, and you know, it's like, so far on my create, like on my creator journey, I've had the opportunity to work with like one and a half brands, the half, <laughs> that's a story for another day. Um, and I, I feel like at first I felt like, okay, I need to hone in on like, to your point, like, what's my niche? What do I want to talk about? Okay, I feel clear on that. And then it just kind of happened organically that a brand wanted to collaborate with me. But now I find myself sort of like um, being afraid to say, hey, this is what I want to charge or this is what I want in order to collaborate with you. And I kind of find myself feeling like, what do I need to offer for them not to say no? 
can you talk to me about your process going from like, hey, I'm creating content to like, hey, it's resonating to now I'm like collaborating with these brands. What's been that? What's that? What's that process been like for you? So two things, closed mouths don't get fed. So if you want something, you better open up and say, this is what right. I want. And this is I like I that. <laughs> like I'm very much so like, this is, we're going after it. Yeah. Number two, my process in working with brands was actually very slow because I did not think about working with a brand. I was building a personal brand first and a company second. And then everybody else kind of was like, oh, we want to work with you. Oh, we want to send you that. So, you know, I think it's really, really important for you to define how you want that scope of work to look for you. So for you, you know, maybe you want to be the go-to podcast expert for, um, what's the microphone brand that you like? Uh, the Shure MV7. <laughs> right. Okay. So right. this is what you want. You want to you know, be that go-to expert or content creator. So what are you doing that is speaking to them as a brand, but also to their potential customers? Mm -hmm. So for me, I was speaking to women who wanted naturally pain-free periods. So any brands, okay, who are all about natural knew this girl is talking about natural stuff. She knows the ingredients and she's cultivated an audience that only wants natural stuff. So those were my talking points. If I did pitch, um, I'm at a place now where I don't pitch to brands, but if I did go back to the beginning and send a pitch, I would say, Hey, you know, I would love to partner with you. And this is maybe where I could partner with you. Like, don't waste their time. Get to the point. They're busy. So maybe you're like, okay, I've noticed that you all partner with these larger creators and that's great. I'm a small creator. And as a small creator, this is what I know I can do for you. I can create this many pieces of content at this quality level. And also this is my starting rate. Yeah. And sometimes brands will say, actually, you know, we don't have the budget for it. You don't? <laughs> it, it, it's giving performative, right? Right, you don't, right. I hear people say, oh, we don't have the budget for that. What do you have the budget for? Mm-hmm. You know, it's all a conversation at the end of yeah. the day. So how do you want to speak to them? Um, I don't know if that really helps. But again, I'm just telling you the truth. Like, if you don't ask them to pay you, they're not going to. If you say, oh... Like if they're gifting you a microphone, by all means, get the microphone and give it away to somebody in your community, right? Build engagement yeah. for you, build rapport with them. Boom. Right. But after that first giveaway, maybe you yeah. Right, you know? right, right. I like that. You're dropping the gems. Okay. So like I'm going, I'm going slow. I like this information. I'm, I'm gonna dissect what you're saying. Um, so it sounds like, you know. At a certain point, maybe early on, you were open to doing more like outreach at first. Are you doing this via like email? Are you hitting up people on social? And like, who exactly like are you like hitting up? So when you're sending a pitch, you should be emailing people directly. Um, every if you notice engagement in the DM, so say for instance, you tag a brand in the DM and they message you and say, Hey, thank you so much for sharing, or they double tap it, say, Hey, who do I contact? in regards to a collaboration. But a lot of people, um, I don't know how politically correct I have to be, but a lot of people are lazy. Mm. 
Y'all go to these contact pages at the bottom of their website, go to the contact pages. Most brands now actually have emails of who to talk to for like collaborations in partnerships. And also know there's a big difference between partnering with the brand and being an ambassador for a brand. I think that's one thing that people don't realize. So make sure your email is going to brand partnerships, not necessarily like ambassadors, right? Your ambassador gives you like, oh, 10% off, 15% off, right? But on the back end, as an affiliate or an ambassador, you might only be making 10 or 15% of one sale. Whereas if you're emailing the person in charge of partnerships, then you're dealing with an actual amount. So go to the websites and send an email unless you can tell the brand is informal. Some brands really are informal um, if you're dealing with like a small business. They might prefer to handle things in DMs, but as a content creator and as a business owner, right? You actually want to get in the emails and you want to have your contract because at the end of the day, we don't work for free. I mean, sometimes we will, but even in that, you still need your contract. So that's where you would go and start and send a good email, Mm. like a good one. Don't send a trash email. Like the amount of emails I read from people who want to collaborate with me. Hey. I saw your, did you even say my name? Do you even know what I do? Right, right. I have vibrator companies reach out to me to like partner. And I'm like, I talk about periods. Right. Yeah. That's like, you clearly don't know what I do. Right. Right. So make sure in your pitch, you say, hey, I love this product. I, hi, if you can find their name. And if you can't find their name, say, hey team, how's it going? My name is blah, blah, blah. I currently use this specific product from your brand. And I would love to discuss a potential partnership. And also in that partnership, give them different ideas, like that email. Yeah. Give them two to three ideas you have so that when they reply to you, the conversation is going already. Right. It's already flowing. I love that. And um, I I got the chance to check out your podcast earlier, which I I like, by the way. I just restarted. Yeah, that, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but I was going to ask, do you view like your different channels as like individual silos? So say, for instance, a brand does reach out to you and they want to collaborate on social. That doesn't tr- transfer over to your podcast per se or. Correct. So for me, I have my Instagram. I have my personal Instagram and I have my company Instagram. I have my personal TikTok and I have my company podcast. Hmm. Oh, in my email marketing. Okay. If a brand wants to partner with me on Instagram, they get the Instagram price. If they want to partner with me on TikTok, they get the TikTok price. If they want to be a part of my email marketing, they get the email price because the relationship is different for each of the audiences. So I might charge on Instagram a base of $1,200 for sponsored content. Why? completely different audience over there. The audience on Instagram is a lot. They've been with me longer than my audience on TikTok. My audience on Instagram is primed and ready to buy because they've been trained to know if she's talking about said product, she uses product and is obsessed with product. Okay. Boom. Whereas on TikTok, I might charge a brand, let's say a base of $500 for a piece of content. And let's say it's 15 seconds, right? 
But my only job is to bring that awareness to the people following me on TikTok. But TikTok is not Instagram when it comes to ROI for brands. And Mm -hmm. I think most brands are realizing that. So as a creator, you need to be flexible and okay with that. And my media kit looks different. If the brand approaches me on TikTok and they only want to do TikTok, then I only send them a TikTok media kit. If they're talking about cross promotional situations, then they get like a more robust media kit as opposed to like just a one sheet. They might get like a full like five page spread. Got it. And nice. I don't monetize my podcast. Don't kill me. But that's actually really intentional because it's a part of my brand. Yeah. And so when I'm promoting my products, that's who's sponsoring the podcast. Me, my company, my brand, not necessarily like the period panties I might recommend or the tampons, like they're not sponsoring that. And so that's why that's not monetized the same way. I love that. Um, You know, I I think um, everyone at some point wants to maybe start creating content and do more of that than they do like their day job. What's been your experience going from like, hey, I'm starting this thing and I'm creating content to getting to like, yo, I'm making enough money to really like do this, do this. So this is funny. Okay. Let me explain why this is funny. (laughs) When I first started this, I quit my corporate job and said, I'm just going to take a shot in the dark. I failed the first year Mm. and I had to humble myself, tail between my legs and go back to corporate America. So I did that. Yeah. And nobody wants to think about that part of the journey. Nobody wants to talk about it because it's not cute or whatever, but like we keep it real. Right. So in 2019, yeah, because I quit my first corporate job in 2017, did that until like end of 2018, started again in corporate in 2019. From 2019, let's just say January 2019 to March of 2020. I. <laughs> was doing what most people do as a side hustler. Yeah. I was getting up early, creating the content, batching it in advance. Like you did that like content creation for like however many days. I was like, you yeah. did what? Like, right. <laughs> so, but I did that because I still had that nine to five, but I was hungry and consistent in conversation. Yeah. Consistency and clarity were the things that got me out of that full-time job, but also the pandemic. Yeah. I don't know if it wasn't like, honestly, March of 2020, I lost my corporate job because of the pandemic. And I always say that pushed me into this full time because I had the choice to do what some people do and say like, oh, this isn't going to work out for me or like rise to the occasion. Right. And if you can't tell by my personality, we rise, you know, like we rise. Right. So I figured out how to monetize more. So I did, you know, agree to, I did like a virtual summit and I got a little bit of profit from that, like just a little bit of money. It wasn't anything major, but it was enough for me to say, okay, that led to me getting clients for like my practitioner role. The influencer creative side of things, what started happening was a lot of period companies wanted to get their product to people. Everyone started noticing I was growing. So they were like, hey, if we send you this product for free, we'll give you $15 for every one sale. Mm. Bet. Because most people don't make that. 
most people make 15%, which might be a dollar fifty. But right. I knew if I sold enough of this one product, I would make fifteen dollars. Right. But that snowballed into doing large campaigns because of the quality of content that was being created for these brands. They were like, we want to keep this full time. Like we want this a part of our marketing. How much are you charging? And I was like, I don't know. I didn't have right. an answer. Right. I had to research. Right. So that's kind of how that happened. And in terms of like, when did I hit that mark? It wasn't until August of 2020 where I hit that mark where I was like, Full out, I replaced my corporate income and then some. And I was like, oh, we did this is cute. This right, is really right. cute. but you know, just like that's been a full process, but also there's been multiple streams of revenue coming in, multiple streams of income where most creators won't talk to you about that. Yep. So notice I've mentioned affiliate marketing, I've mentioned content creating, which means like Brands are paying you to maybe take a photo and they keep the rights to that photo. I was also doing my consulting and coaching business, you know, so those were like the main three things when I first started, it was never just one scope. I feel like if you're just hoping and praying for like podcasting to be the only thing, but you're not also consulting with podcasting. Yep you might be working for a really long time. Whereas if you're doing the consulting and the podcasting, you'll get wherever it is you want to be faster. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. I I love that. Um, I love that answer. I wanted to ask you when it comes to like, like what would you say now is maybe like an average month when you're like working with brands and does it like fluctuate and you don't have to give me like a specific number, maybe just like a range, but do you feel like it like, fluctuates and what are like the variables that may change, like how well you do or how well you don't do on a particular month? So at base, just brands. And I want to specify that this would be me doing like a campaign or like a content creator type thing and affiliate marketing only in those two scopes. It would be base about 6,000. Got it. Okay. Now, I want to preface that the, that's on average. However, I came up with a system at the start of the year because we love a good system to say, how much do I want to make and how do I want to make this? Right. So I know that even if I only signed one brand partnership a month for my Instagram, I would make minimum $1,200 because that's my base rate. Now, what goes into that? How much is the content going to like, first of all, what do they want from me? Mm -hmm. So at one point, brands wanted one real, one static Instagram post and a minimum of three story like mentions. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that's fine. But then the moment they said we want exclusivity, I was like, well, that adds another 1200, you know? So it really depends on the specific brand and what those deliverables look at and I'm going to say, I have a friend, her name is Kaylea Nicole. She's a content creator and brand partnership, like coach. She actually talks about this on her Instagram all of the time. She's the reason I charge for exclusivity and whitelisting Mm. and all of those different things. So, you know, what I'm making now, the reason that I can do 
I would say on average, it's like five or six. It might be because I'm doing two brand partnerships that both have exclusivity and all they want is like a reel, right? Mm, Okay. I don't do photos anymore because honestly, Instagram doesn't push it. Right. But on TikTok, that price is completely different. Yeah. On TikTok, they get one video and they might pay $600 for that one video. Yeah. And it may or may not go viral, but that's not my problem. Right. Right. You know, so you, you have to, as a content creator, you have to look at what is being placed in front of you and know what the brand wants. Some brands expect brand awareness and that's simply just letting your audience know they exist. Other brands will say, not only do we want awareness, but we also want to, you know, have clicks. You know, so what does your audience do? You know, think about that. Is my audience the kind of audience that's going to click on this link? Or are they the people who are just going to lurk? I know people on TikTok, they just be lurking. Right, right. People on Instagram be buying. Right. And if I like the brand enough, because I've built these longer relationships with these brands, a lot of the brands I've worked with for over like two years now, then I will include them in my email marketing and they never have to ask. They would yeah. never even know. They just see these clicks from Barry's link mm. because I was smart enough to embed it in my email marketing or put it on my Pinterest. And they're like, right. oh, this is great. Right. So how can you get creative as a creator in maybe making it worth a brand's money too? Yeah. Like you have to look at them from multiple scopes, you know? Yeah, I love that. Um, there may be people out there that are not like you in terms of putting themselves out there and maybe are a little timid, but maybe they think they have a great idea and they want to start creating content. What advice would you give people in that position? I'm sorry. <laughs> because my my initial reaction was like very like in your face. Yeah. Um, so I see this as gently as possible get over yourself. Mm. No one is watching you as closely as you are. Wow. No one is watching. And like, here's the thing. It's always the people doing less than you that have the most to say. So if you know, you have a brilliant idea, you know, you're made for more, go after it. Like literally just do it because the last thing you want is to be on your deathbed one day, God forbid, you know, like not to be morbid, but like, and say like, oh, I had this really great idea, but I didn't follow through on it. Yeah. Like if you're here to change the world, add a little bit of color, do that, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know how else to say it. I just hate when people hold themselves back because they're worried about somebody else's opinion. Right. That sounds so goofy. Right. Right. That's facts. Yo, I I love... (laughs) I love that perspective. Um, and I'm so grateful you were able to join me. I'm going to plug all of uh, the ways people can contact you in the show notes. Thank you so much for being a guest. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you so much for listening all the way until the very end. I really appreciate it. I hope you really do decide to start your journey as a content creator because you have no idea how creating content could change your life. Trust me. As always, I love you, and if there's someone important in your life that means a lot to you, tell them that you love them. Peace.